0: During his 30 years, and really we're going to narrow it down to the three years that he ministered on this earth. It's so amazing to even think about that. We're talking about someone who had such a huge impact on the world that really they were active in ministry and leadership for three years. Think about that for just a moment. What an impact we can definitely learn from that. So I'm going to get to 12 points in just a moment and say a few things also that we will use to finish up and put a exclamation point on this series of The Faith Driven Leader. Hello, welcome to episode five of our series on the faith-driven leader. This is what we've been building up to. This is where we get to purpose-driven leadership, how faith can transform your leadership, what it really means to lead others and be a leader of other people. And I'll go ahead and let you in on the clue right before we even get started here. We are going to be looking at some examples from the life of Jesus, from Jesus Christ, who, for many of us who are followers of Christ, that it would be the foundation of our faith. And so I'm excited to dive into it. I do want to remind you to circle back and listen to some of the episodes. If you're just joining us, we've had episodes titled Unleashing the Power of Faith-Driven Leadership. It was a what definitions of all that faith-driven leadership is. We looked at beyond success, why faith-driven leadership matters, why it's important for you as a leader, as someone who calls himself a faith-driven leader, to do the things that you were called to do, to step into your purpose. And then we talked about mastering faith-driven leadership, proven tips and strategies. And that was just some things that we all need to know as leaders and specifically faith-driven leaders. And the last episode, episode four, was Overcoming Challenges, the Grit and Grace of Faith-Driven Leadership. Look at the life of David there, who is the superstar or the the leader of the Old Testament that so many things point to as being a great faith-driven leader. And in this episode, we are going to be looking at Jesus Christ and examples from the life of Christ that we can glean and learn from in our journey as a faith-driven leader. Now, If you're just joining us, or if you've been listening to all these, and now I'm going to be talking about Jesus, and you're a little bit uncomfortable with that, let me just go ahead and say a few things. First of all, where have you been? This is faith-driven leadership, so we're going to be leading up and talking about the most impactful person, the most impactful leader that there has ever been, I believe, in the history of Uh, time on this earth, and that is Jesus Christ. And so that's why we're going to be looking at that example. But if you're still uncomfortable, if you're kind of like, I'm not sure, I haven't ever studied Christ, I don't know much about him, then let me just tell you that whether or not you believe he was the Son of God and he was who many of us believe that he is, which is the Son of God, the one that came so that we could be reconnected with our Father, with our Creator, Then you could at least look at the example that he's given as a leader that has an impact in the world. And faith driven, there's there's one thing that kind of holds a lot of us together, regardless of the faith that we may have. If we're followers of Christ, that's one thing. But if you might be a follower of some other faith, that's fine. But you have to admit that there hasn't been anyone throughout history that has had the impact that Jesus Christ has had, and faith-driven leaders, I know this because I speak to so many of them, we desire, we crave, it's part of our purpose to have an impact. If that impact is on one person, if it's on our family, if it's on our spouse, our children, people around us, or if it's to have an impact on an organization of 10, 20, 200, 200, 200,000 people, That's a big desire that we have, and so we can't argue with the impact that Jesus has had on the world, because now here we are 2,000-plus years after his life, the 30 years that he lived, his death, what many believe, the resurrection. I believe that he was resurrected and now sits at the right hand of our Father, God, that he has had an impact because we're still talking about him. He still has an impact on so many people, some in a very positive way, some obviously from a negative standpoint that loathe him and hate him, but he has impact. And so we can learn from Jesus and his life. So that's what we're going to do here. I've got 12 points that I want us to look at that are just examples of how Jesus lived during his 30 years. And really, we're going to narrow it down to the three years that he ministered on this earth. It's so amazing to even think about that. We're talking about someone who had such a huge impact on the world that really they were active in ministry and leadership for three years. Think about that for just a moment. What an impact we can definitely learn from that. So I'm going to get to 12 points in just a moment and say a few things also that we will use to finish up and put an exclamation point on this series of The Faith Driven Leader. But there's one quick item I want to remind you of, and that is this quiz that we created that was just an extra resource, an extra tool for this series on The Faith Driven Leader, and it's called The Faith Driven Quiz. Go to timwinders.com forward slash faith-driven quiz. There's 20 questions there. And here's what it'll do. Just get you thinking and create a a place for you to, I guess, know how you're doing as a faith-driven leader. And so I highly recommend you go do that. It's a great tool. And with that tool, when you do that, I think it asks for your email to give your score. There's actually 12 teachings or emails, in e-course that you'll get as a follow-up with that, totally free. So I highly recommend you go to timwinders.com forward slash faith-driven quiz. Take the quiz. I think you'll put your email address in, and then you'll be signed up for the next 12 lessons that will come every few days over the next few weeks. So make sure you do that. All right, let's talk about Jesus and all that he was and is for us as faith-driven leaders. First of all, I want to mention a few things that fits with my definition of leadership, and that is that Jesus, he even said this in some of his teaching, that he didn't own stuff. He would not have been one while he walked this earth during those three years that we're talking about here, that one could say he had a title of CEO or head of the church, or he had a building that he ran, or a team or an organization, none of that we can say would be that significant. So the thing that I like to say is that he no doubt was a steward, not just an owner. And the reason I like to contrast that over and over again, in the culture we're in today, we are so owner-focused. What do we own? What is the space that I have? Who are the people that report to me? What is the building or resources or assets that I have leadership over? We are so focused on that. Well, Jesus had really none of that, but yet he had a bigger impact than any of us can even imagine. So I want us to think in terms of being a steward, not just an owner. The reason that's important is... A steward has a role. A steward has a responsibility to take care of something. And when they're done taking care of something, to give it back in a better state or a better condition than when they received it. And so, as we talk about leadership, I want us to talk about the groups that I believe Jesus interacted with. And I've studied the Gospels. I know many of you have studied the Gospels and you've dug in on the life of Christ. I have done that. I probably can do it even more. But I've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels. I cannot tell you how many times. I've read them individually. I've studied topics within each one. I've read them from beginning to end, just to attempt to understand more of the life of Christ, because I think he's our model. I am a follower of Christ. That is the foundation of my faith. And therefore, as a faith-driven leader, I need to understand more the foundation of that faith, which is Jesus Christ. And so I've studied that. And as best I can tell, there are essentially three audiences or groups that Jesus interacted with while he was on this earth. I've divided those groups into three areas. There are the sheep. Those are the people that he loved. He took care of. He he healed them. He ministered to them. Those are the people that we will call the masses, the people that needed him the most, the people that needed someone to be their savior. Those are the sheep. Now, the next group is interesting. That would be the group that I call the wolves. And those are the people that are attempting to devour or take advantage of the sheep. Wolves go after the sheep. Now, in Jesus's day, those would be what he termed the Pharisees, the hypocrites. And this is where people get a little uncomfortable. They were the religious people of the day. Now, the reason why I think many people get uncomfortable is that I actually look at some of our modern religious structure today, and I would say that they're the wolves of our time, still taking advantage of the sheep just as they did during the time that Jesus walked this earth. So we need to be mindful of that. We've got sheep, but we also have wolves, and Jesus spoke, taught Interacted with both of those groups. Now, the third group is more the group that we consider when we talk about leadership, and that group were his disciples. Those were the people that he was spending a lot of time with. He was teaching, he was sharing, he was preparing them for the time when he wasn't around. It was almost the group to me that maybe he was stewarding over more than anyone else. So we can learn from the way he interacted with all three of those groups, and we need to understand it. Sometimes we need to separate it out. There were many times, the red letters in the Gospels, I'll call it, when Jesus was actually speaking, where he was speaking with one of those groups and not the other two. There were times he was speaking to two of the groups, and then there were many times when he was preaching, teaching the Sermon on the Mount and other times like that, where he in all likelihood had all three groups there. And if you really read the messaging and what he was saying, he was speaking to all three groups. And so when you put yourself in the shoes of each group, we make an understand to a deeper level what he was talking about and what he was trying to get across to those people. So sheep, wolves, and disciples. And that is the context that I would like for us to go into just 12 lessons from the life of Jesus that we can use to lead others as we attempt to be faith-driven leaders. So let's look at 12 items that we can learn from. The first one is the foundation of who Jesus was and what he was. He had love and care for all of those that he led And we need to do that. Just as Jesus loved and cared for the masses, for the sheep, for the disciples, I could also say that he loved and cared for the wolves, so much so that he attempted to steer them in a direction where they were no longer wolves, but he also was in protection mode. He was protecting the masses and the sheep that he loved and cared for. That is a great example for us as leaders. We love and care for those that we are stewards over, that we have been given the responsibility for, and we need to protect them, love them, and care for them just as Jesus did. So that was number one. Number two, let's talk a little bit about the wolves. We need to be firm and speak hard truths to those that may be taking advantage of those that we lead. Now, I'm not going to go through a lot of examples here, but I want you, I challenge you to go to the gospels and go to times when Jesus spoke to what we will call the Pharisees or the hypocrites. And you can read that and go, wow, he is saying some hard things. One of the best examples, go to the time it was the week before he went to the cross where he went to the temple, and it's usually titled, he cast out the money changers. Those that were selling things to people that were coming to make sacrifices in the church, and they were taking advantage of financially, those that were poor, those were the masses. Go take a look at what Jesus did there. He threw some tables, he took charge, and I'm guessing that he was speaking some hard truths to those that were taking advantage of those that he was leading, which was the masses. I also think he was providing an example to his disciples during that time, but we won't read things in that weren't actually there. So that was number two. Number three, spend time, spend quality time answering questions and patiently guiding those you lead, just as Jesus did, especially with his disciples. Think about this. He only spent three years walking the earth with his disciples, but they spent almost all their time together. We get a glimpse of some of the conversations, but it would be so incredible to be able to hear some of the conversations they had as they were walking, as they were taking time before they went to bed, as they were waking up just to hear how Jesus, the human, the man, Jesus, yes, he was the son of God. But he was also 100% man, the humanity of how Jesus answered questions, took time, and patiently spent time around his disciples. That is a great example for us with the people that we lead. Spend time with them. Be patient and answer questions. And then number four, be patient. If there was anyone who could have been impatient, I think he had limited time, and I think Jesus knew that. We now look back on it, and he had three years of ministry. We will often think that we have such limited time, and it causes us to be impatient, not just in all that we do, but in the people that we lead and the people we're around and parenting and our spouses and the people that we love. We need to be patient and spend time. I like to tell leaders that I work with and that I coach that if you lead five people, 10 people, three people, you need to block time in your calendar so that you can focus on, number one, thinking about those people, praying for them and spending time just trying to understand them, but also being around them, having conversation, being patient, and taking the time to truly understand the needs of those you lead. Number five, Ask questions to gain clarity and insights into the needs of those you lead. I think it's fascinating that most of the time, when Jesus approached someone that obviously had a sickness, disease, illness, leprosy, or their arm, they had their hand was swiveled, or they couldn't walk, Jesus would often, it's fascinating, ask what they were believing for. not. Let me automatically give sight to the blind, or if you can't walk, heal the lame. He would ask them that question. And I think it's a great example for us to don't assume and ask questions to gain clarity, just to get insights into the needs or what people are thinking or what they think they may be needing. And so, number six, communicate effectively to those you lead, ensuring that our message is clear. And understood. Jesus would communicate. He would use parables. He would use stories. He would ask questions. He would follow up. He would give a parable to a large group that had the Pharisees and also the masses or the sheep there. And then he would follow up with his disciples to ask if they understood. At times he did speak harshly. So it's not always sweet and soft language, but communicate effectively with those you lead. And that's something that I think we all need to continue to work on. Number seven, show empathy and compassion toward those we lead, demonstrating genuine care for their well-being. And the best example that I have seen of this is the woman at the well. I I just love the example of Jesus with the woman at the well who had been with many men. She would have been considered living a life of sin. She was not someone of the background of Jesus. Many of the people that Jesus associated with would have looked down on her, but yet he sat. He had communication with her. And it's something that I even used the term. He used woman at the well language. Genuine care for their well-being. He spent time with her. I'm guessing he looked her in the eye when very few people would look her directly in the eyes and just show that genuine care and well-being. We all need to do that. We're in such a hurry, hurry world. We've got these phones and devices that we're spending time on, and we need to show empathy and compassion more than ever toward those we lead and those we interact with. Number eight, be humble, show humility, and avoid seeking personal glory or recognition. If there was ever anyone that could have not been humble. It would have been the son of God, Jesus Christ. But yet we see no examples where he said, listen, you 12 or the masses or even to Pharisees, listen, I'm the son of God. Just do what I say. Stop asking questions. He never did that. He always showed humility. And he did not seek personal glory. In fact, there were times that he shied away from it. He would heal someone and he would tell the person, don't tell anyone. They did anyway, but he would tell them, don't tell them. There was some timing issues there, but be humble. Avoid seeking personal glory. Bring peace to situations rather than creating chaos or conflict. That's number nine. There are times that Jesus created some potential conflict. But in most situations, he was bringing peace. And the situations that he did bring what we would call conflict or what we would look at conflict was in the mode of protecting the sheep, protecting the people that he led. So bring peace to situations. Number 10, plan and strategize to ensure that your leadership is focused and effective. The thing that Jesus did, he listened so that he could put the plans in place, but It was very interesting how he traveled. I would have looked at a map of the area, and I probably would have been more efficient with how I traveled around. There were times that he went to one place, cast out a demon, and then got back in the boat and traveled back to where he was. And that didn't seem to make sense other than he needed to go to that place and cast out a demon. Plan and strategize. Think ahead to ensure your leadership is focused and effective. All indications are that Jesus did that, and he did that by... Number 11, seeking the Lord and relying on his wisdom and guidance, like we need to do in our leadership. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did that and did that often, then we're not above doing that ourselves. We need to seek the Lord and rely on his wisdom, the Holy Spirit, and guidance in all that we do in our leadership. And then finally, number 12, and we know that Jesus was this, and this is something that we must. Attempt to do, be a role model and inspire those we lead through our words and our actions. I am not sure how Jesus guided and led with his words, but this is the example. This is the only thing I could find in scriptures that gives me the example I think we need to have. Jesus stated that he only did and said what his father told him to do and say. Now, I don't know that I'm quite at that point. I aspire to be in the place where all I do is do and say what my father, my heavenly father tells me to do. And I'm not there yet, but boy, I sure do aspire to be that. So those are the 12 points that I wanted to make. I just wanted to go through a few other things here. As we wrap up and say that Jesus, there's no doubt he is our ultimate example of a faith driven leader. During his ministry on earth, he interacted with a wide variety of people, demonstrating the importance of ministering to all individuals, regardless of their status or background. He ministered to the masses, speaking with compassion and love. He also confronted those who were taking advantage of others, displaying the importance of speaking truth. He also invested time and energy in developing his disciples, emphasizing the importance of investing in and equipping others to continue the work of faith-driven leadership. Jesus' interactions with the people he encountered during his ministry revealed the heart of a truly faith-driven leader. He displayed immense compassion and love for the marginalized and oppressed. There were so many that were oppressed during his time just like there are today he ministered to them and provided hope and healing at the same time he was unafraid to confront those who were using their power and influence to oppress others and he worked to promote justice and equality some interesting words that we have in our culture today he definitely did that jesus example teaches us that faith driven leadership requires both compassion and courage. Finally, Jesus invested in and developed his disciples, had his leadership. This is how we lead others. He recognized that they would play a vital role in continuing his work after his death. He spent time teaching and leading them, encouraging them to grow in their faith and to share the gospel with others. He also corrected them at times, which is important, His investment in his disciples is a testament to the importance of equipping and empowering others in faith-driven leadership. Jesus' example teaches us that faith-driven leadership, it's not just about individual success. It's about investing in others and empowering them to continue the work of faith in the world. And another thing, Jesus' example shows us that what we're doing is not just about us, and it's not just about us during this time, because what Jesus did, he put things in place that we're still talking about, we're still using as an example, it's still saving us 2,000 years later. I'm not saying that what we do as faith-driven leaders is that significant, but it may be close to that significant. You, what you are doing, may have an impact for years and years to come. So think bigger picture. Think beyond you. Think impact beyond just the time that you are here. That is what we are as faith-driven leaders. I'm so thankful if you've been with us for all five episodes. I'm so thankful that you've joined us. If not, circle back and listen in because this is just part of my message. My Calling the thing that I am attempting to get out into the world so that we have more faith driven leaders that can have just a smidge of the impact that the foundation of our faith, Jesus Christ, has had. I'm thankful that you're here. Go take our quiz at timwinders.com forward slash faith driven quiz. Listen to all of the episodes if you haven't done it. And please do me a huge favor rate these episodes. Share these episodes and let other people know. I know that you know people that are attempting to align their faith with their work and their leadership. Please share these episodes with them. I believe that it can minister to them, hopefully, help them be more of a faith driven leader. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for being a faith driven leader. Until next time continue being that faith-driven leader that you were created to be.